This is Nick Lamantia here with Brandon Keenan, and you're listening to Outside the Long Box. R.I.P. Norm McDonald. Yafit will be missed. It's thinking outside the long box. Star Trek, kind of, Orville. It's weird. You should watch it. <laughs> <laughs> It's like it's just such a weird business model <laughs> to where you're like, I want your product, can I have it? Nah, <laughs> like you can't have it. Yeah. I'm not sure what happened there, but <laughs> it's just weird to see a commercial for something you can't buy. Like it's like they spent money ad revenue saying like, come to our store, buy our watch, and if you do, you won't get the one you want. <laughs> so today's episode, which I think is going to get pretty deep, is about the third season of The Orville. Yes. The third season of the comedy drama science fiction television series The Orville, also known as The Orville New Horizons, premiered on June 2nd, 2022. It streams now on Hulu. Uh, I think and it was Disney- only on Hulu. Uh, no, before this it was on, on cable TV. I know, but I think this season wasn't. Yeah, correct. Yeah, they it, ca- it got canceled, and yeah. then Hulu picked it back up. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I'm saying. is like it's just... It's just a Hulu show now. Yes. The season is the show's first on Hulu, airing f- its first previous seasons on Fox, as well as the first two premiere, uh, the first to premiere since the Walt Disney Company's March 2019 acquisition of 20th Century Fox. Um, yeah, it's essentially Star Trek, but funny and uh, probably a little better. I would say better, but it's good. <laughs> it stars Seth MacFarlane, Adrian Pilecki. Uh, and those are probably the two main stars, Captain and First. In fact, with first. the first season of Strange Worlds, I believe. Strange New Worlds. Uh huh. I would definitely say it's not better. If you haven't watched that, you should. Watch. <laughs> we did an episode on it a few episodes ago. Yeah, but the last couple episodes were fucking amazing. <laughs> like, especially the last episode. If you're a Star Trek fan, go watch that shit. I'll just leave that there. Uh, you will fucking love it. <laughs> so. This season of the Orville, we've I've watched all of them. I really enjoy the Orville. I don't think we've talked is about it, over? it the until today. Over? No, no, no. Not, I'm, like, no. I'm current with the the show. Yeah, there's uh, three more three more episodes that are going to come out the 21st, the 28th, and then August 4th. I feel like, and I hope not, but I feel like this is going to be the last season. It could be. I mean, this season, like generally, the Orville touches on things on topics just like i think star trek used to just like a lot of other things used to when it comes to racism and star trek did but not as heavy-handed right like they, star trek just had like a black woman and like a asian man like that was and that at that time was enough to be like groundbreaking right but the orville's like here's a hammer we're talking about <laughs> gays today. so yeah it's this season especially has been very very deep it's been like it's really good but like every episode has touched on something that has been tremendously deep like and sometimes hard to to watch like it's you're sometimes you're on the verge of tears um electric sheep the first episode deals with suicide yeah it deals with um uh shit isaac isaac Essentially, if you watch the end of the second season, his the the Kalons destroyed and killed thousands and thousands of people, yes. and he was kind of in on it, but not kind of in on it. And then he saved the day. Um, and I don't even remember how he really saved the day. I don't remember it either because it was a long time ago. It was kind of like they just skipped over the war. It was a long time ago. So, but 
a lot of humans, a lot of people on the ship harbor a lot of bad feelings towards Isaac, even though he saved the day and he didn't really know what was going on. But which that part of it, which is that's the whole crux of the episode. Like how to like we move past that. Right. Maybe I'm weird, but like I don't even understand really that resentment. It's like having a resentment against a toaster because it burnt your toast. It's like it just do what it was supposed to do. Like, and he didn't even know that it. That's that's the thing. He didn't even that know he, that it was happening. Yeah, the fact until that he, he got taken over, overcame it. Yeah. I think is like the incredible part. <laughs> like the fact that like a robot did a robot thing is like uh, it really sucked. But like, I mean, I, yeah, that wouldn't that wouldn't have bothered me that much. <laughs> so one uh, Marcus, who is uh, the doctor's son they they see him as they saw him as like a father figure because him and the doctor were were dating and they were they were boyfriend and girlfriend for a really long time and they just harbor like i think isaac was fine with most people hating him because he doesn't really understand that people hate him until marcus told him i wish that you were dead i think he understood fine he just he doesn't have feelings right or he doesn't have feelings in a way that he understands that they're feelings. Right. I think you like you kind of gathered throughout the season that he does have some kind of feelings. Some kind of feeling. Yep. But I think it was the fact that it was Marcus that said it. Right. That I is agree. what killed him. Like yep. they're that what's what caused him to commit suicide. I think before everybody else saying like go fuck yourself was he was like, eh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I agree with you. So this episode is powerful in that essentially one of his son figures says, I wish you were dead, because he, he harbors a lot of resentment towards Isaac. And so Isaac essentially builds an EMP into his brain and commits suicide. And the next episode deals with that as well. Um, and like, how do you recover from your friend committing suicide? And it's, it's hard because grief is a really, grief is a really weird thing. Yeah. Like they, you, in times of grief, you would hope that you would pull in the people into your lives who, you love and who are there for you and who you know can help you guide your way through the grief. Yes. And that doesn't happen here. You, a lot of people push everybody else away from each other, even though yes. they're, they're a giant family. Essentially, these people have rode together. They're in space together. Like they're away from everybody and they're all together. Yeah. And so you push you push everybody away because you think that's the best way to deal with your grief. And I'm not saying that, like this is the way you need to deal with grief this way. But you would think that as you're handling it, you would want those people around you that love you and that can bring you some comfort. And so grief is grief is weird that way. Um, And so the next, I think this, this episode and the next episode deal a lot with like, I guess we didn't really hate him to the fact that we wanted him to be dead. (laughs) Like, and so they don't understand how he could have done it because he doesn't really feel and and that's and that's what you're saying through the through the season you feel you seem to think that he's picking up a lot of these things that he doesn't understand but that he does really feel and so watching isaac die was yeah it was really powerful to me like it was it, it's stupid because it's a show and he's a robot but it was like a really really powerful scene no, to watch and commit it, suicide it happened and i was like 
did not see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> Me either. It's like, it, I, I didn't understand what he was doing. Like, you don't know what he's doing until he does it. And so, and I think that's the thing. Like, when you see a human being hold the gun to their head, you're, you automatically think, fuck, he's going to kill himself. Yeah. Like, but Isaac is just fucking with a, a thing on the console and he's talking and he's saying, you can improve these things by doing this. I definitely knew something was coming, but I, I didn't know what. Like, I don't know if he's going to, like, leave the ship or, like, you know, go somewhere else. Or like, but he was definitely like making like I could tell he was making like an arc like recording. Right, like, this is for you now that I'm gone. But yeah, I did not see him going like murder myself. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a really it was a really hard thing to listen to because I have a friend who just just lost somebody. Yeah. And so that's one of the thi- wow. I'm breaking up here. <clears throat> that's one of those things that. It is you. You you want to be around those people to help them through this, yeah. And hopefully they don't push you away. And uh, yeah, grief's grief's a weird thing. Obviously, you can listen to my voice. Oh <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, don't. I mean, don't do it. <laughs> that's what it boils down to. Like uh, that's a tough thing to do. Reach reach out to the people who love you and and know that there's always time. There's always something better on the horizon. I know it's like a weird thing because like. We almost live in, like, two PC of a, of a culture where it's, like, you shouldn't tell someone who's thinking about, or like, you shouldn't tell someone that, like, committing suicide is dumb. Because if they're at that point, they're, like, saying they're dumb. And I was, like, I will go out on the, like, potential of being canceled that I think if you kill yourself, you're pretty stupid. Like, there is there are people who care about you, whether you know that or not. And, like, they will be there for you, and they will reach out for you. And, I mean... I don't know anybody recently. I, I have had friends that have committed suicide. Pretty sure my own father committed suicide, even though there's no way to know for sure. My friend lost somebody. He he didn't commit yeah. suicide. He passed away. But, but yeah, no, I know. You're, you're, it's still the same right. kind of like emotional thing. Right. But like, you know, I think my own dad committed suicide. There's like, there's, I had a friend not too long ago that we thought was in the process and luckily he did not. But I mean, you know, I remember that trying to reach out to him over and over and over again and spending nights like on with the suicide helpline and the police and trying all that stuff. And there's, there's people who care about you and will be there for you. Right. And if there really is no one, we have a hotline and you can call that number and we will be there for you. Mm-hmm. I believe. Juan would say that same thing. If 100%. Right. Yeah, like, if you have nobody, call that hotline. We'll give the number at the end of the episode, and we will reach out to you. But, like, once you do that, that is over. You are not Yeah, there's Isaac. no going back. They can't bring you back. Yeah. I mean, if you take pills and they bring you back to the hospital, maybe. But, like, in a lot of cases, once you pull that trigger, like, it's over. So, don't do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's dumb. Grief, like I said, grief is hard, and it's a funny thing. And you should hopefully know enough to know that you... Even even if you are not alone, you can't do it alone. That's not a that's not how these things work. You, you know, maybe you at some point in two or three years, you just kind of are numb to it and it just goes away. But having people and pulling people that you know love you and are and are close to you and pulling them in and letting them help you and that's hard. Not a lot of people want to to ask for help because they think it's a weakness. Yeah. But I really feel like it's asking not, somebody for yeah. help is one of the strongest things that you can do. And because you, you, you admittedly have to admit that you can't do something, you know, you, you admittedly have to admit that you need help and that's a strength. That's not a weakness. You, you, you're, you're, you're going out of your way to say, I need help. And I think that's what you, you should do uh, before you make any 
decisions or anything crazy. If you need help, ask the people who love you for help, and they'll be there for you. Yeah. Like I said, if they won't, I mean, we'll try. <laughs> uh, sorry, that's it's tough. Grief, grief is hard, and it's been a really hard subject for for a month or so. And so, uh, reach out to somebody you love today. Make sure they're okay. <laughs> um, the next, what is the next hard episode? Like, because there's there's a lot of them. So the next two episodes <laughs> kind of are. I feel like the next two episodes are kind of doing like the like poking at trump thing of like the dictator taking mm, power mm-hmm. like i felt like that was like a poke at, at trump and i talked to ac and i think he agreed um it's a tale of two topas it's episode five i think is the next like pretty big episode as far as like oh yeah hitting the like an emotional topic because <clears throat> you have a essentially transgendered teenage character yep. who never wanted to be who never was given well, they the knew, yeah, choice. Yeah, they didn't know. Didn't know, but was living with the same kind of it's it's such like a weird play because it's like I feel like there are a lot of teenagers in today's society that live with that same kind of not feeling like they are themselves even though she's already been had the surgery and augmentation right. done. She's not feeling like she is a male, even though she's presented as a male. So, so not necessarily against her will, but like against her knowledge. So, the backstory to this happened, I think, in the first season. Um, Bordis and Clyden had a baby, and I I guess like only a tiny, small percentage of Mocklin babies are born female. Yes, reproduction on their planet doesn't seem to be based on needing a female and male. Correct. It seems like they can just mate between any two Mocklins who want to mate. Right. And somehow their society has eliminated females 99.9% from their society right. through genetic manipulation and like surgery at birth. If right. a female should be born. So the, that whole episode dealt with their child being born a female and the crew thinking that it was wrong, um, to have, to give a baby a surgery to turn her into a male. Um, and I think Bordis was, for the most part, he was on board with that. But Clyden was like, no, this is our heritage. And, you know, the and thing I, I like about that is like, it feels so heavily like it's like a, a like a, an episode about a human being being able to choose their own path. Right. But it's also about not interfering with like social economic structures that you don't necessarily understand because you think your way is better. Right. Like, I think as a human, like the snap decision to like think like the crew thinks is obvious but it's not so obvious like if you can actually put yourself in the like you know the shoes of a what a, an alien species who doesn't believe that would right. be you know what i mean like it's hard to say that they're wrong when it's their whole norm right a way of life even when they present the female of their species in that episode it's like well She's still an outlier. Right. Like it's she's an I outcast. Don't, I don't know. It's it's weird. So it's like I don't think that episode leaves you feeling like resolved. Right. And Definitely I, not. I don't think. This I think that was the does, intention. Yeah. I don't think this episode <laughs> does either. <laughs> so to, so Topa it, it has grown. I, I thought it must be years because Topa looks like a, a, a either a preteen or a teen. Yeah. And she's like eleven to fourteen, somewhere in that range. She starts feeling like she's not who she is. Yeah. And 
they have to make the decision to either tell her, yeah, she, you were born a, a man, a female, and you were turned into a male, or not. And it comes out at the end that, the, I mean, that Bordas actually helped Topa figure out that she was not a male originally. Which of all the things I think you leave feeling undecided about, I'm not undecided about that choice. I think that was the right choice, like no matter how you look at it. Like someone should have the right to know who they are. Right. Whether or not they're genetically switching back and forth. Like Because I understand the other father's point of view as well. I forget his name. Clyden. Clyden. I understand his point as well, where he was like, he was a female also, and that um, he feels like he, you know, never wanted to know that. So he doesn't want to put his son through that pain. Right. So his motivations make sense in this show as well. Right. Um, but not to the point of taking, like, knowledge away when someone's, like, basically ready to kill themselves. Right. Because they're so emotionally distraught right. over who they are. Like. So I believe like that was the right choice, like pretty obviously. But I think the episode still leaves you in the same place that the first season episode did of being like, still no like great thing happened here. Right. Like she got to choose, and that was good. And I think you know they did the right thing in providing a path for her to get the surgery to become who she was. But like you don't feel, I don't feel like you leave like happy with the resolution at the end of the show that like, it's still like a broken family. Right. It's still, you, 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 I don't think that there is a resolution to that. Like nobody's going to do that. And then just be like, Oh, we lived happily ever after. Like, that's not how that works. Like she still is going to have to struggle with the decision with two surgeries. She's still going to have to struggle with who she is, uh, as she grows up. And, and that's not a resolute thing. Like you can't find resolution in that. It's just, she's made the choice now because she can, and now she has to navigate her life. Like, that's and, it. <laughs> and possibly be ostracized by, like, her entire species. Right. Besides her father. Yeah, which is good. That's comforting to me that, you know, I have two kids. And no matter what happens in this household, hopefully they will they would understand that I'm their dad and I love them. Yeah. No matter what. No matter what the choice is and no matter what the decisions were, I would go to the ends of the earth for both of my kids. And so... That's comforting. Comforting knowing that, like, the <clears throat> wow, man, I'm breaking up a lot today. <laughs> it's comforting to know that they're not the, real. Ones. <laughs> I know my kids are real. It's no, comforting I, to I know, yeah. it's comforting to know that you have the one person in your life that can yeah, ground yeah, yeah. you and can comfort you. No, I agree. It's definitely like a boon at the end of the episode. Of right. Like, at least both of her parents are not like because they could have gone that route too if they wanted to. They could have gone like <laughs> both parents ostracized you. And like, <laughs> you have nothing now. I think Clyden will come back. I, I think, think, I think Clyden will realize like if you they know continue what? the show. Right. Right. For some reason, I, I get the feeling that like this is the last season of the show, especially after Norm Macdonald died because I think he was like semi-crucial and more than just playing the voice but let's see if season four has been announced i hope so i love the show so. six days ago it says they were hoping for a season four but nothing has been announced yet i would love to see a season four i think the show in all honesty the show is very deep and i love that about the show but i do think we probably could use like a levity episode every now, <laughs> yeah every now the again. next one is hard too yeah <laughs> The next one's almost the most brutal. <laughs> uh, and I'm, I have kids, so this one's going to be hard, too. So bear with me. <laughs> so twice in a lifetime. <laughs> oh, it's an shit. insanely brutal episode that, like, 
again, you leave with like no resolution of anyone did the right thing. You're right. Except for Gordon thinks that they did, which is kind of the, like, okay. But he's the only one that gets to leave the end of the episode with no knowledge of anything. Right, no feelings. And so, like, yeah. it's, it makes sense that he would think that. But, like, even, like, in the relativity of, like, making out what they're doing, I don't even think what they do is, like, scientifically accurate. Like, I think the I think the argument he makes with his family is equally valid to what they think so being like this could be how it was always supposed to happen so let's just say what's going on before we jump yeah. into that so gordon they go uh uh lamar makes a device that can transport you through time <laughs> he well he upgrades it he upgrades the aronov device is what it's called and so you're able to jump through time there's a giant attack on the on the ship and it explodes essentially sending gordon back to into time into the 2000s um, into 2015, yeah. and so they try to jump back to him, but they jump they jump back, but not back far enough. I think like it was tw- ten, 10 years, years too 10 late, or fifteen years. I think it was 2025. So in that time, Gordon says he's been living in 2015. He tried to be because because the rule is yes. you be a ghost if this ever happens, and you wait and, and wait to be saved, and you don't interact with anybody, you don't fucking do anything because you could possibly fuck up the future. And so he says he did that, I think, for uh, a year or two or something like that. Which that, I mean, that whole rule needs revision because, like, really, I can't think of any possible way that you could possibly go about not changing the future at that point in our evolution. Cause it's like either you literally like walk into the ocean and drown yourself and hope no one finds you, which is the only real way you could potentially not change the future. But like, even if you go work at a fucking mom and pop bistro, you might have a conversation that changes the future. Right. With someone like, and you have to live. So you have to make money <laughs> or you have to like be this weird poacher in the woods. Like he said, <laughs> but even then you could kill a deer that led to like the next deer. That was some like mutation of deer. Like you, there's like no way that you right. could, like take your footprint out. There's so. no endless. Yeah. It's an endless possibility of, of I mean, it's the it goes back to like Simpsons episodes woods, where you find yeah. your body and like some weird thing could happen. <laughs> and they could be like, this genetically makes no sense. <laughs> so uh, he's, he, when when they find him, he's a pilot now. I mean, he's the pilot of the Orville as well, but he's, yeah. he comes back and is a pilot. And he he says he's not going back, and he shows them why. He's got a family now. He's yeah. been 10 years, and he, he has a wife, a young son, and then another kid on the way. And so... This is also a throwback to season one, because the girl that he ends up going and finding is the girl that he fell in love with from the past in season one. Right. So... No matter what, their job is to bring him back. Yeah. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. Like he's fallen in love with his family, and he he obviously doesn't want them ripped from his memories and or from his life, and that's understandable. I mean, not just that, like, <laughs> ripped from existing. Right, right. <laughs> like, so I, I mean, it's understandable. Like, well, you, I guess had he just so that's what I thought was going to happen was that like. Because they did give him the choice to just come. Yeah, yeah. And Which they were just going to be there. Because, like, then he's already disrupted the future at right. that point. So I don't know why that was ever a choice. But, like, <laughs> they were going to give him that choice. Which is the choice I thought he was going to make at the end. Where he was going to be like, 
once I started walking away, I was like, oh, I guess I have no choice. Like, I have to, like, save my family. But right. he doesn't. No. <laughs> like, and they go back farther and get him before he has a family. Right. And so now he thinks they did the right thing. I mean, legally. Because he doesn't understand. Still, yeah. Which is weird because, like, in their legal system, is he still on the hook? I don't think so because they went far enough back in time to where it didn't matter. So before before they leave 2025 to go back to 2015 and, and pluck him up because he doesn't know that's a thing. Like you said, he thinks they're just going to drag him out of the house and take him to the ship. And when they reveal – when they reveal to him, we're going back further in time and we're going to take you before any of this happened, he makes a powerful, like, they just walk away. Ed and uh, Adrian Palicki's character, they just leave the house because they know, like, it's not worth fighting. We're going to go do this, and it just is. Yeah. And you can see the pain in his in his voice when he's yelling at Ed to not do it. And that's that's a really hard scene to watch, you know, because he I think he yells Ed's name like six times and yeah. and you could see the anguish and the pain in his eyes that he's gonna lose his family. And so he walks in into the house and he tells us the kids that I will always love you wherever you guys are, you know, blah blah blah. And it it moves from them to pictures of them. And then the next scene is that they've picked him up at this point. And so they obviously tell Ed what happened. Uh, but the 2015 Ed doesn't have those attachments weird, to the 2025 I Ed. I didn't even think they were going to tell him. It was the right thing to do. And I th- I, I think it is. I think it is. I, th- I, I think they were right because they, they're they friends. Uh, you know, if if they weren't friends and well, they were just... Wouldn't you want to save your friend that heartache, though? But he doesn't have any heartache. He doesn't remember. That's what. That's why he thinks he's it, everything's okay because he doesn't have that attachment anymore. He doesn't in that moment. Because he doesn't have that attachment. But if you really got to thinking about that, that, like, you had a wife for years, and especially the one that you already loved, mm-hmm. and then you got to know that you got to go back and be with her and that you had children, I think that that will come up later. Because I think psychologically that would do something to you once it had time to settle in. Maybe. I, I don't know. I, I think ripping him from 2025 is probably worse than ripping him from 2015. But Oh, I agree. I that think... would have been much harder on him. <laughs> but I'm just like, I think... I just personally like I think I would not have told a friend just to be like I don't know that they need to know that they have a family that we just murdered kind of but so what so I in all of the entertainment I've seen (laughs) what happens is you don't tell that person and then somehow they find out oh and then you're like why the fuck didn't you tell me this (laughs) but I mean they gave him they gave him the choice that they gave Topa the choice to know and the choice to deal and and again, that's why I think it's it doesn't leave you feeling resolved because you feel that way. But I feel like in this way, that choice is not. Well, I mean, there's no choice at the. They didn't give him any choice at the end. They were just like, "We kind of killed your family. You should know." <laughs> <laughs> and it's like to me, I, I feel like in real life, you could keep that secret pretty easily. I don't like, know, man. Uh, I think somebody breaks. I mean, and what reason would you break? Because it's sad. Because you want your friend to know. That's what I'm saying. Like the if this was just officers and it was the Marines and nobody gave a fuck about anybody and it was just the job, probably nobody says anything. But these are your friends who you're spending time in outer space with and your family. See, I guess and I, I just f- look at it the exact opposite. <laughs> like if I didn't care about them, then I wouldn't care if I told them or not. I would just tell them. 
and be like, hey, you know, you fucked up and like we had to go back. Because if I didn't care about them, I would want them to like take some of that off of me. Like we had to do that. But if I did care, I would be like, I don't want him to fucking know that we had to do that. Like I I don't know. I just like I per- that's how I feel about it. I mean right. like, we can obviously feel different ways about it, but Yeah, if I if I murdered your family in a way that you could never know they existed, I wouldn't tell you. <laughs> if I had to. I think that you would tell me I, I wouldn't have made it, the choice that way anyway. I think if you're telling me some of that is because I know you feel bad. And I know that you want some of that to be off of your chest as well. And me not knowing that that was ever a thing anyways, I may not, I don't have that attachment to those people anyways. So like it's I said, like I, a, I believe that you would eventually. And you could. I, I like don't know. Psychologically, I don't know how that could live in your head and not cause things <laughs> to be bad. Because I feel like they already have a support system between the three of them right. that know. But a, a honestly, I don't think I would have made the same choice they made. At that point, I would have been like, "It's a fifty-fifty if this was always supposed to happen or not." But you're you're bound by orders. That's what it is. That's what that's what it was. I think I mean, that's like, what's so heartbreaking for Ed is that he has to do it. He has no choice. But they they break orders sometimes. <laughs> Maybe they do. <laughs> yeah. But if at that point he felt he feels like he has to do it, like that's it. something I, I you have to do. I understand his point of view. I'm saying I think I would have made a different decision there. Like, which is fine. Like. People make different decisions all the time. I don't like think that he made the wrong decision necessarily. Like he made the right decision for himself in that moment. But I don't think I could do that. Like I think. Well, I, I mean, nobody thinks they could do it right now. I mean, nobody thinks they could do anything until you're in the moment. You have to. You have to make the decision. Do you think you could murder your friend's family in a weird way? That's not murdering them. But <laughs> it's like, not. Still is. <laughs> that's the thing. You again. You he knows. What he was supposed to do. I mean, in a Ed way, knows. in a way, you murdered them so much more thoroughly than <laughs> You murdered their existence in all ways, shapes, and forms. It's tough. Mur- grief is is seems to be a really giant theme in this season. Even the next yes. one, everyone would need counseling. In it, show. Even even the next episode deals with Ed's daughter, who he doesn't even know he has. Oh no, that happened before. It did. He finds out in like episode two, I think. Oh, he does find out earlier. Yeah. The next episode is uh, is I it's back to Isaac, yeah. um, and well, and Isaac the gets, and the, the other Kalon with the scientist. The next episode is about what we talked about earlier of the like not willing to put yourself in the shoes of like the why the Kalons made that decision that they made, which is like to them it's a non emotional issue. It's just. Uh, last time there were organic things that were super smart. They fucking enslaved us. They enslaved us, us yeah. So we're just going to go ahead and stop that from happening right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't see a need for us to be slaves anymore. And, like, there, uh, a motivation like there's, like, to me, when you really think about it, it's the scariest kind of, like, enemy. It's like the Borg in Star Trek, too. It's like, they don't hate you. They don't, like, dislike you. It's just like... They're just getting rid of you. Like, and for the Borg, it's just like they're just gathering technology and growing their army. Like, right. they they don't really care. They're not emotionally invested. There's no reasoning with them. <laughs> like, <laughs> the same thing with the Kalons, except for now that we know that the original model Kalons can be manipulated to have something like feelings. Right. Whereas, unfortunately, the newer versions have been upgraded to a point to where even if you perform that manipulation on them their system resets back to not feeling it but so the one thing i didn't understand is that 
Lamar says he can do it. He can fix it and reprogram it so that it doesn't reprogram every time. But then all of Isaac's memories and things will be lost. I assume it's just whatever upgrade in his system that's been made that resets him would have to be removed and that somehow would remove his memory as well. So I don't, it's weird to me that they can do all of this and not back up a memory base. <laughs> you know I what mean, I mean? <laughs> I agree. There's so scientific holes. But it, again, this whole episode really is about Isaac. It really. I mean, there's some other things going on and Charlie, uh, the girl, the, the other pilot who doesn't like him, I didn't really feel like the whole episode was about Isaac, to be honest. I felt like more of the end of the episode was about the doctor realizing that Isaac loves her even though she can't. I think it ends up being that that way. But as you go through the episode, it's a lot of Charlie. I mean, it's a lot of Lamar and and the, the other girl. I don't remember her name. Um, Tala. It's a lot of it's a lot of them because they're having they're trying to have a relationship, but obviously she's like twenty times stronger than the human race, so she keeps breaking him every time they have sex. I love the end of and- the episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's all bloodied pulp. So, like, it, it deals with them, and then it deals a lot with Isaac's relationships. Yeah, it's the doctor, and then it's Charlie, but the crux of all of that, I think, is Isaac and Isaac trying to figure I mean, out. He's definitely the the most portrayed character. I just feel like the episode was like portraying like that love isn't perfect and can still like find a way to work. Right. Most obviously not in the human way. Like it doesn't matter. Him, it doesn't like, matter. It doesn't, well, no, the human and the strong. Alien. Oh, right. I mean, love could still work there. The Gordon was saying you have sex once a month or once a quarter. I think he was saying well, like no, love, love can find a way. It if, could have found a way. I don't think that it could be a sexual relationship. <laughs> okay. If you could murder your partner. On <laughs> much like grief, love is also weird. It, yeah. It, it, if you make it, work and you want it to work it will work that doesn't mean it's going to be easy that yeah, doesn't yeah, mean yeah. that it's all going to be fucking puppies and rainbows oh no i didn't it, say that Just no no me, i don't i don't think you said like, that yeah yeah i don't i'm not saying you said that i'm just saying in general yeah like you have to work at it if if that's what you want like you obviously obviously you have to first decide what that's what you want and that's what the doctor was trying to decide because she didn't know if uh she didn't know if Isaac could love her in a way that she wanted and I think that's what you're alluding to at the end is that she knew how much he loved her in internally even though he yeah, didn't yeah. know how to express it as a normal Kalon and so it's there if you if you love somebody it's worth the trials and it's worth the mud and it's worth the tears because at the end of the day, you'll find a lot more happiness than all of those other things. And so I don't know love and grief are the, are the themes of this fucking season and both of them make you do weird things. Uh, we got to wrap up here, but, uh, Fight for it. Yeah, yeah. Fight for your love and fight for to get over the grief. Making make sure that you pull in people who you do love to help you through all of these things. Um, and like like Doyle said, if you don't have anybody to call, call nine seven zero five seven three six one four eight and yell into the void. I won't. I won't play it. Obviously, in the yeah, episode, if you don't want me to, um, if you just want to talk to somebody, if you just want to yell into the voicemail, do it. Yeah, it's worth it. It's worth making sure that you can take the next day here. Yeah. 
if you're calling about that, let us know what you want us to do. I don't think we'll play it regardless no. if you're calling no. about that. Nope. Uh, unless for some reason you asked us to. But yeah, like that would be odd. Um, and if, unless you're telling a story that you want yeah, people yeah. to hear, then I understand that. Yeah, but I mean, if you need someone to call you back, we can do that. If you need someone to interfere in a way with like the suicide prevention line or maybe a counselor or something to reach out to you. We can do that. If like Juan said, if you just want to just get shit off your chest, you can do that. It's, you know, it's a voicemail. It'll record it. (laughs) (laughs) And I will delete it once I'm done. (laughs) We're not weird. Yeah. No, no, no. We are not that way. (laughs) Find somebody you love and somebody who cares about you and pull them into your life. Yeah. And it admit that you need help. Sometimes it's a strength. It's not a weakness. And those people will be there for you. I, agree. Uh, I know that we're ending this on a really sad note, but yeah. TOTLB.com. It's a sad show. It's like a sad, good show. <laughs> Facebook.com slash Thinking Outside the Long Box. Uh, yes. Hopefully you're all having a great day. Uh, and reach out. Yeah. We love you guys. Uh, and until next time, I've been Juan. I'm Doyle. And we will catch you guys later. Yep. Bye. Bye-bye. on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, and YouTube for behind-the-scenes information and more content! Thinking Outside the Long Box is a barren space production! ha <laughs> ha